First and ten at the 35-yard line. One ten remaining. Let's move this game to the airport. A bear throw and it's picked off at the 30-yard line by Tim McHire. And McHire's going to gamble by flipping it to Sanders. They should just fall down. That's not very smart. No. But they live on the edge and they keep living on the edge. And they're going to go to the playoffs on the edge. Are they for real? This is Joe Fishback for a touchdown. Well, two of the, on two of the stupidest plays I have seen in a long time. I don't mean to be critical, he but all you got to do is fall on the ball and the game is over. They take two chances like that and end up scoring a touchdown. Amazing. Glanville loves that. There will be no criticism of what they did by Glanville. But that's not smart, guys. That's not smart, but the Falcons... The Falcons win the ball game. Maybe that's why they're here, too. Hey, you know what? Maybe it is. The freewheeling, upstart Atlanta Falcons would be the Redskins' reward for posting the best record in the NFL in 1991. The Falcons had been crushed by Washington 56-17 earlier in the year, but this was a different Atlanta team than the one the Redskins had dispatched in mid-November. Since that game, the Falcons had won six times in seven tries. More importantly... Atlanta had been missing several key players the day it lost to Washington, including starting quarterback Chris Miller and superstar corner and return man Deion Sanders. Despite the blowout, eccentric Falcons head coach Jerry Glanville was undeterred. (laughs) Um, Do you think Washington and Jefferson would have had a slogan similar to Too Legit to Quit? I don't know that they would have had that (laughs) slogan, but somehow I believe uh, we would be their favorite team. Coach, we're uh, ending our little nighttime tour here. Do you, um, what about the last game? Did he run up the score on you? Well, really, I think uh, more than the score, uh, we thought he tried to kill our spirit. We thought he tried to uh, put his finger on our soul. He got close, but he didn't touch it, and we're back. With MC Hammer on the sideline and his entourage in tow, the Falcons won five in a row to help push them to the postseason. In the wildcard round, they actually played their own divisional champion, the New Orleans Saints. As a quick point of clarification, both Atlanta and New Orleans were in the pre-alignment NFC West back then. Anyway, the Falcons rallied to beat the Saints in New Orleans and ended the playoff game against the Redskins with a ton of momentum and actually a better record over their previous seven games than Washington had. What's more... The weather was expected to be rainy and windy, which made the outcome a little more unpredictable. Over to Pat O'Brien. All right, Leslie, thank you. You know, usually everybody in Washington watches C-SPAN in the morning. Everybody here was watching the weather channel today. The weather is, of course, the issue, and the rain is an issue, but not that big a one. The NFL has put out 24 footballs. They'll keep rolling them in and try to have a dry football as much as possible all day. You mentioned Mark Rippon uh, playing at Washington State. Chris Miller played at Oregon, so he's used to the rain. It is the wind indeed that's the problem. Down here, it's not so bad. The short ball will be okay. But once you get up here, you can see it's gusting, and so long passes and field goals will be a problem. About uh, 15, 20 minutes ago, we grabbed Chris Miller and talked about the conditions. Can you talk about the wind conditions today? Pretty windy here. Yeah, it looks pretty nasty right now. You know, we just got to go out here and throw it and, and hang loose. You told me that you haven't played in wind much this season. Not real hard wind or anything. We've been lucky so far, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What's the key for you today? Just throw it good, you know, make sure I'm stepping up forward and throwing into it and throwing a good tight spiral. Think that music's loud enough in the locker room? Yeah, it gets us loose, man. <laughs> good luck. All right. 
gets us loose. Greg, you and I are old rock and rollers. I have never in my life heard such loud music. It gets them loose, okay? We'll see how they do. Back to you guys. All right, Pat. We're not that old, by the way. But With the weather and a November beatdown in the back of his mind, Jerry Glanville wanted to do whatever he could to make sure his team would not be on defense first and would get the ball to open the second half. Remember that in 1991, you could not defer if you won the coin toss in the NFL. That rule was many years away. As such, Glanville came up with a rather unique solution to try to force the outcome he wanted. The NFL had other ideas. Now, how significant about the choice... Atlanta did not want to come out and even uh, even take the coin toss. Atlanta has won the toss, and they will receive. Glanville told us uh, before the game, he's got another psychological move here. Hillary Dern, guard strong. We'll take every one, fellas. Hillary Dern, guard strong. Take it one. One, two, three, 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 five. Glanville was hoping to lose the toss. In fact, he wanted to play defense to start this game so bad that he even considered not sending anybody out for the opening point toss. The league told him if he did that, he'd be penalized 15 yards and forfeit the option at the beginning of the second half and, if in case, at the beginning of overtime. So Glanville sent out the entire team instead. The Falcons did win the toss and reluctantly decided to receive after all. Deion Sanders was buried inside his 20, and the Falcons picked up a couple of first downs as they moved the ball near midfield. First and 10 from the 46. Miller looks deep. Kicked into the second. Picked off by Danny Copeland at the 29. And he counter punches to the 47. One of five Plan B acquisitions who start defensively for the Washington Redskins. The interception killed any early momentum the Falcons had, but the Redskins couldn't get much going early either. The win was affecting both teams' passing games a bit, and it didn't take long to see that this wouldn't be a repeat of Washington's 39-point win two months earlier. The Redskins did move to the outskirts of field goal range, but the 35-mile-per-hour gusts blew Chippewa Miller's attempt wide right. That's as close as either team got to scoring in the first quarter. In the second, after key completions to Gary Clark and Art Monk, the Redskins had the ball at the Atlanta 17. Falcons hurry to make their defensive changes. The points this year, 56 of 56, gets his first in the playoffs. It's a draw play by the Redskins, a fine call again by Joe Gibbs. Watch the pass rush, just three men. 
Key blocked by Lachey and also by Art Monk. And now a missed tackle by Eaton. And Irvin's in for the score. The draw play was the result of an audible by Rippon, who detected a blitz coming from the Falcons that made changing plays necessary. Making the call all the more remarkable was that the particular draw play Rippon called wasn't even in the Redskins' game plan for that week. Rippon used an old audible and hoped his offensive teammates would be smart and well-coached enough to remember how to execute it anyway. They were, and they did. Rippon's excellent read had paid dividends, and with the Redskins now up 7-0, the game would quickly reach a potential turning point. ...to his teammates, his younger teammates, cherish this moment. It doesn't happen every day. Third and one. Pat Shafee. Fumble! Loose ball, who got it? Washington. left side. Chafee has the first down here, but the ball is stripped away. Coleman will dive on this one with help from his friends. Second turnover of the day for the Redskins. Look at the big hole there that's plugged up by Coleman. Ball will come back right at him. The bottom of the pile. Jumpy Gathers as well on the play. And Charles Mann with the strip first down. Opportunistic as always, Washington looked to take advantage of starting field position inside Atlanta territory. Charles is a corporate man. Yes, yeah. is he ever? <laughs> well, they got the logos fixed. Here's Rippin. There's Sanders. And that's the first and goal. It was Sanders on Sanders that time. And Ricky beat Dion. Donnie Warren gets away with a holding call here. That allowed Rippin the time to find the receiver down the field, and the Redskins are in business on the two-yard line. So many weapons for Joe Gibbs and Mark Rippin. There's too many people for the Falcons to handle, at least so far. First and goal. Gerald Riggs is in. 11 touchdowns this year. Make it an even dozen. The all-time rushing leader for the Atlanta Falcons scores for the Washington Redskins. Gerald Riggs. Six foot one, 240, just too strong, too big, as he hits the secondary man, Case. Drives him into the end zone. And now watch after the touchdown. Riggs, who loses his helmet here, has it pulled off, actually, by Scott Case. He wants this spike to be felt all the way down south in Atlanta. You bet. Romilla with the extra point. Well, Jerry Glanville's got a companion with him here. A singer named Jerry Jeff Walker. He penned a tune that seems appropriate for the Falcons. Up against the wall, redneck mother. <laughs>
all of a sudden, it looked like the Redskins were en route to another lopsided win. And a Martin Mayhew interception that gave Washington the ball back at the Falcon 28 made that idea seem even more certain, especially after the Redskins drove it down inside the Falcon 20. But to their credit, the Atlanta Falcons hung tough. The teams traded interceptions as Brian Jordan picked off Rippon and Kurt Gavea returned the favor for Chris Miller, which was Miller's third interception in about a quarter and a half. But the Redskins could not take advantage as Low Miller missed again. Ecstatic to be down just 14-0 after turning the ball over four times, the Falcons put together a lengthy drive aided by a pass interference call that wiped away a Daryl Green interception. Freilich and Hinton, just as he had done before. Exact same play. Glanville told us they only have four or five running plays in their entire offense. Watch him hit this right side. From the right side of the screen, Brad Edwards is going to come up with a big hit there. And Gavab. Edwards just a little bit late. Watch 54 and 27, but 43 in the black shirt is in across the goal line for the score. Johnson is on to try the extra point that would cut the lead in half. Scott Fulhag will hold it. High snap. Kick is good. And somehow, when they absolutely had to, the Atlanta Falcons go 80 yards in 12 plays and slice the lead in half. As the half wound down, the Redskins managed to get into Falcon territory again. However, Low Miller missed his third field goal of the half as time expired, this one from 44 yards out. Despite being thoroughly outplayed for most of the half, the Falcons trailed by only seven points. Atlanta had hope. Each team couldn't get much going on its first possession of the second half, but a nifty 27-yard punt return by Brian Mitchell gave Washington the ball at the Atlanta 19. The Falcons' defense held tough again, but Chip Miller was finally able to convert a kick, boosting the Redskins' lead to 17-7 with about seven minutes to go in the third quarter. The score was still 17-7 early in the fourth, with the Falcons in possession inside their own territory. Down by 10. Mayhew backs off. On the near side, that pass is caught by Michael Haynes, and then he fumbles. Red skin ball in the arms of Wilbur Marshall. Five Atlanta turnovers. day a long out pattern to Michael Haynes and he has to squeeze it between defenders here there's the catch and then the hit from the backside by Andre Collins and Wilbur Marshall with another takeaway for the Redskins what are they reviewing obviously a catch Haynes made the catch turned around and got hit and then was falling to review by the replay official. The play stands. Absolutely. 
And I think it was Kurt Gavea who got the hit. There it is. And the play does stand. Five turnovers. And first down and ten, Washington. Gavea and Marshall had helped give Washington an opportunity to put the Falcons away once and for all. Taking over at their own 48, the Redskins moved the ball down to Atlanta's one-yard line, which led to one of the more amazing, iconic, and memorable moments in Redskins' playoff history. Riggs. And that's the put the period to the paragraph. Filled mustard. <laughs> I think there's a flag down on the field, Vern, but I couldn't tell you where or what it was for. point to come. Nice hole by Jeff Rutledge. Nice run by Gerald Riggs. This is Riggs' 13th touchdown rushing of the year and also the 13th play of this drive. And this will ensure the Redskins will play next Sunday. behind Donnie Warren at fullback and Lachey. A lot of beef over there. Russ Grimm, number 68. And the victory dances and all the seat cushions are coming. Ron Middleton looks like a heavyweight Deion Sanders. <laughs> He'll never make it in any uh, hammer rap though with that move. <laughs> Redskins are at home next week. Every Redskins fan old enough to have watched that game will never forget the downpour of yellow seat cushions that followed that Gerald Riggs touchdown, cementing Washington's victory that day. Possibly a little delirious from sitting through very unpleasant weather for three hours, the RFK crowd celebrated the 24-7 lead by dropping a layer of souvenirs onto the drenched, muddy field, no doubt aided by the gusts of wind that had bothered both teams all day. Washington got the ball back and was able to run the clock out, mostly thanks to Ricky Urbans, who finished the day with 104 yards, but also Ernest Biner, who added 57 on 14 carries. After the game, Joe Gibbs looked for Jerry Glanville for a post-game wave or handshake, but Glanville was nowhere to be found. Beaten for the second time by the Redskins, Glanville decided to head to the locker room without acknowledging the coach who had ended his season. He and the rest of the Falcons' sideshow returned home to Atlanta. The Redskins' postgame celebration was characteristically reserved. Veteran linebacker Monty Coleman explained, This is one step. 
if we win next week and go to the Super Bowl, you'll see huge smiles all around. In the game's final minutes, Redskins fans had chanted, We want Dallas, as the Cowboys were on the other side of the NFC bracket. Washington faithful salivated at the prospect of a rematch with the team that had spoiled the Redskins' perfect season a few weeks earlier. Washington wouldn't get Dallas, however. Next time, the NFC Championship, as something special continues.